Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Craig Forrest, and I have a very special guest today, uh, a person that I've wanted to talk to for many, many years, who's a very sharp creative, a writer, director. I'm sure he does producing as well and has done production management in the past. CJ Powers, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Craig. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I am in California. CJ is in Chicago. And what I don't know, uh, here's a first question, is uh, if you were born and raised in Chicago, because I know that's your base now. I was. Uh, there's a suburb called Glen Ellen, and that's where I was born and raised. I went off to school up in Wisconsin because they actually had a real working television station on campus. And then I came back and started my own business and been kind of at it ever since. Very cool. You know, I mean, we've got Los Angeles and obviously New York as the major centers for media, but Chicago has a very strong presence as well and has a very strong presence in uh, acting and in directing and in comedy with Second City, of course. And, um, you know, Chicago is still a great place to hang out and make it your base uh, and still work in media and the arts, wouldn't you think? Yeah, actually, <laughs> in this day and age, anywhere can be a new base. You know, a lot of times the business meetings might happen at one of the two coasts, but for the most part, you can produce anywhere today. And that was, you know, 20 years ago, that wasn't the case. But today, you can literally be located anywhere and you can make inroads into the industry. Well, let's talk a little bit about your upbringing. It was really cool to learn that your dad did home movies and family movies on 16 millimeter. And in uh, the days past, there were a lot of people, uh, families, especially dads that would get out in an eight millimeter camera, but your dad was doing 16 millimeter. And what kind of projects did he do? <laughs> well, uh, he shot a couple documentaries and he also shot family videos, so to speak. <laughs> of course it was filmed back then. And I think I was 11 months old when I was in his first film, uh, or my first film. I mean, he had done several by that point. And he decided kind of as a side thing to shoot our family every single year at Christmas time. And I've continued that. So we now have uh, five or six, six generations of people uh, celebrating Christmas in our family. That is incredible. And you have this wonderful chronology of uh, Christmases all the way through to current day. Oh my goodness. Uh, it, when you look back at yourself as not only a baby, uh, vir virtually a newborn or close to a newborn at 11 months, um, and you see the chronology, how do, what does that make you feel like when you see, hey, that's me at age two or three or four? <laughs> well, it's kind of funny because, you know, we're always wondering how much of our memory is, stays intact, right? How much do we have access to? And some memories I have is actually from watching the film, not from participating in the event. 
Okay. So it's kind of funny how we can't necessarily distinguish the two, but our memory holds on to that. Exactly. That, that's very, very cool. Well, talk about a little bit how you started uh, in writing and directing. Did that come out of college? Where, where did you begin? Well, I was four years old when I experimented with directing for the first time. And I know that sounds really bizarre. Uh, it probably was. Uh, but I was at the dentist with my mother. She had me sit in the waiting room while she went in to have work done on her teeth. And I certainly wasn't able to read at age four. But I could uh, look at the pictures. And there was a book on the coffee table there. And as I flipped through it, it was all the behind-the-scenes stuff uh, that uh, WGN Television produced for like the Bozo show and things like that. And I kept on flipping through it until I understood what it was I was looking at. Uh-huh. That afternoon I went home, I got these little teeny three inch doll things. Um, little, they were more like statues. Uh, the food chain uh, jewel uh, started giving away free presidents to the United States. You could collect all of them. Uh, so every time you made a purchase, at the cash register, they'd hand you one of the presidents, and over X number of weeks, you could collect all presidents. And I took a couple of those, took a piece of masking tape, wrapped it around the person's back and to the front, so a little bit of it would stick out. I numbered them, one, two, and three, so each of those people were camera people, camera one, camera two, and camera three. The guy with the long cape, I had him be the director, and then I took a couple others and had them be the actors, on the stage and I created my own television show. I was directing a show at age four. <laughs> now, of course that wasn't filmed or anything. It was just me pretending. Yeah. Don't you agree that, don't we agree that every director should wear a cape that would be <laughs> and go into phone, phone booths, you know, with the, with the glasses on and come out as super director. There you go. <laughs> Great idea. I love it. And you, you have a very clear memory of that uh, all the way back to age four. And, uh, and there you start. We're talking to CJ Powers, who's professional writer and director. I'm sure he's done producing as well in uh, production management here on the podcast and enjoying this good conversation. We will be back in 32 seconds. This podcast features engaging conversations with leaders, artists, and creatives sharing about current trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. Today's episode is produced by Matchstick Media International, a nonprofit that's passionate about inspiring both visionary leaders and young creatives to harness the power of media to further the gospel. To learn more, visit us at matchstickmedia.org. Now, back to Craig. Enjoying this conversation. Welcome back. I remember reading that you had worked, uh, was it age 18 on a CBS documentary? Did I get that right? Yeah, that was my first professional gig. Um, prior to that, I shot a lot of 16 and a Super 8 film. And then when I turned 18, uh, I was at college. And my first year, we had an interesting thing at the school I went to. This was uh, University of Wisconsin, the lacrosse campus, because I picked lacrosse, not Madison, even though everyone keeps on saying, oh, you went to Madison? No, I went to lacrosse. Mm -hmm. Madison was all theory, and lacrosse had a working TV station that students could work in. So I thought, I'm going to lacrosse. <laughs> yeah. So one of the prerequisites 
is that you had to take a certain test uh, and be a senior to be able to work in the TV station. And I said, that's no fair. I said, you know, I've been studying about film and television my whole life because I'd go to the library every single week and look through magazines and books and, you know, absorb as much of it as I could. And I said, if I take the test and I pass it, can I work in the TV station? I was a freshman at the time. And they said, well, we've never done that before. I said, well, oh, you, you, you challenged them. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I had a goal. <laughs> I wanted to work on a TV station. So they, they finally gave in and said, yeah, okay, if you can pass the test, but we doubt you can because this is something that, you know, there's questions in it from your freshman year, your sophomore year, your junior year, your senior year. It's a big, massive test, and some don't pass it and never work in the station. So the odds of you passing it, we'll, we'll let you take it. If you take it, we'll let you work in the station. Okay. Well, I took this test. <laughs> My recollection is that I either only got one or two wrong or I got zero wrong. I can't remember, but I had the highest score for several years past and they were absolutely floored by it. And they started hemming and hawing and trying to tell me that, well, maybe I do need to be a senior. And I said, hey, you, you made a deal with me. So I pushed back on it. They finally gave it to me. And I was the first freshman to enter the studio. And also your negotiating career began right there because you said, hey, wait a minute, you promised me and this was the deal. And those are great skills to be a producer as well. Because, oh, by all means. Yes. Hey, hey wait a minute. Our deal was this, and now you're going back on it or just going sidetrack side on that. So you worked at a station, and, and talk about that, because basically you can make all the mistakes you want at, at that level because not a lot of people are, are watching, and you're getting great experience. Yeah, um, it, was, it was a fully functional television station. So I could uh, either work the live news or I could work production shows that were prepackaged and then aired later. I did some news, didn't like it so much, but I loved the experience I gained. Uh, in the meantime, toward the end of my freshman year, uh, CBS had found out that I was the first you know, student to be in this TV station and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so they said, oh, this guy must be good. Let's use him on a documentary. So I was pulled into a show called the Cholita Institute. Mm -hmm. And it was a documentary about uh, these 16 to 29-year-olds uh, that had some kind of um, handicap trying to learn how to become a worker in a job and to maintain a life by themselves independent of their family. Um, whether they had Down syndrome or whatever it might have been, they were finding ways of overcoming that and becoming valuable to society. So that's what the documentary was about, and I got to shoot a lot of that. So it was, it was a great blessing. And a great experience in that as well. You, you, you said something in that, that thread of, uh, of conversation about that you had the uh, artistic part of it, but you maybe didn't have all the technical, which is what your, your colleague did. Uh, you know, if, if one can develop a really good eye for photography, one can take what you learn from still photography over to video. Uh, and you still have to understand movement as well as, as you would you would agree with, 
but developing, talk about developing an eye because some people just don't get what that concept is. Not only do you see it, but you can frame it. You look at it. Talk about that. Yeah, you know, I actually took an entire class on composition and it was an interesting class but because it was exploratory so that we could experiment on what actually did best for the eye based on multiple formats. And I don't know, have you, have you worked with or heard of the golden section rule? I do not know that rule. No. Okay. So there's a lot of different rules out there. You know, uh, most amateurs hear of the rule of thirds and the rule of thirds is fine because it kind of gets you started, but it's not as enriching. It's not as vibrant. It's not as um, compelling for the audience. So by going to the golden rule section, you get something that is far more. Um, it's how do I describe it? It, it's just so attractive. It, it just pulls the person's heart into the image that they're looking at. Very good. So it's a, a very powerful tool. And it's too hard to explain <laughs> verbally. Yeah. It's really easy to explain with the picture. Yes. It's hard so, to explain on a podcast if you could, unless the <laughs> podcast was visual. So there you go. Exactly. So I'm not going to try to go there. But suffice it to say that I learned that if you use the golden rule and you add movement to it, whether the movement is elements within a still photograph that give you a sense of movement, or you actually use movement because you're shooting film or video, as a result, it literally draws you into the fact that you, you lose a little bit of consciousness of the world that you're in and you're pulled into whatever the story is you're trying to tell through the photo or the film clip. Excellent. Excellent. And, and in that everything around you sort of um, goes still for a moment and you're like, you've been uh, saying CJ, you're drawn into the work of art or the project and everything else is irrelevant at the moment. Your focus is exactly on the, the art or the visual storytelling in front of you. Yes, very much so. In fact, I've had people tell me after they've experienced seeing images like that, that they are just so mesmerized that they really feel like they were actually in a different place. Then that's that, how, how powerful it is. That means then you, you've, you've struck emotions. The, the, chords, the chords of emotion emotions you have struck those and and that's what pulls people in yeah you know a lot of people especially guys just starting out with shooting film or video a lot of them start out being technical geeks and they really miss the fact that you have to understand the emotions and the rhythm of the media that you're working in to be able to really capture the audience i remember years ago thinking okay, if I'm going to follow some of these directors and really learn their techniques and what they're doing, you know, which ones are catching me? Which ones are causing me to be a part of the story? And I realized that the more technical the director, the less they were able to hold my attention. Hmm. Although I would say, oh, wow, that's cool. But it was just that. It was cool. It didn't pull me into the story. It didn't cause me to understand the heart of what the director was trying to get across. So as I looked more and more into filmmaking and, you know, researched it over the years 
And by the way, for me, it's ongoing. Every time I meet a new director, I pick their brain as fast and soon as I can <laughs> because yeah. I want to just absorb as much technique and talent as everyone has. We've been talking to CJ Powers today and great conversation about writing and structure and one of a number of episodes. So please join us for the next episode and uh, we'll be back with CJ. You've been listening to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast with Craig D. Forrest, brought to you by Matchstick Media International, dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration, vision, and education. To learn more, visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org. That's matchstickmedia.org. Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing.